Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Good morning. We're continuing our His Name Will Be Christmas series. Uh, and we're, we're taking uh, this week and the, and the following three weeks to, to look at uh, verse 6 as, as Jesus is, is named uh, all those different ones. And so today we're looking at uh, Wonderful Counselor. I came across, across this quote this week in, in studying, and, and the person said, if you give God the right to direct your life as you trust him along the way, you'll find out that he pulls it off perfectly. And that really is the, the point of, of Jesus being our wonderful counselor. It's not just good advice that we may or may not take. It's that he knows everything, and he can answer the biggest questions in your life or, or the most uh, routine, uh, mundane questions in your life. The key is that we get in the habit of him being our go-to person. So our big idea today is just that, that his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Isaiah 9, verse 6. And the goal is that, that we would know Jesus as a guide whose who's, who's, uh, goodness goes beyond words. The, name wonderful, the word wonderful before the word counselor actually means too hard to describe. That's the actual meaning of it. So he's a too hard to even describe counselor. If awesomer was a word, that would be, that would be it. Uh, but maybe only Kung Fu Panda would ever say that. So uh, he, he's one that we bring our absolute worst problems to. That, that we ask about our everyday decisions. Hey, should I buy that refrigerator? Should, you know, should we go here on our family vacation? We've got to include him in everything or else we'll start to exclude him from everything. He's not just a king, and he is the king, but he's a brother who lived here on planet Earth. He became one of us to save all of us. Christmas is him becoming one of us. Prophesied in Genesis chapter 3 that one would come from the line of humans who messed it all up to then save all the humans uh, because of his might and power and his sacrifice for us. And so when he came boots on the ground as we celebrate Christmas, it was him becoming one of us to save all of us. So he's the king, but he's also a brother who's gone through everything. There's not a single thing you'll ever go through that he doesn't get. That's the whole, really the whole uh, big idea of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament is that Jesus gets us, that, that he lived and he walked through stuff and he understands it. He understands the, the struggles and the needs of human beings. And so in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through, through 16, we read about what it means to be able to come and approach him. He is never some far off God. Yes. He is right there. That's what we learned last week. Emmanuel means that he's God with you. He's God with you every moment. And the author of Hebrews writes this in verse 12 of chapter 4. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, meaning it can give you everything you need to the, to the nth detail. That's what he's talking about. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. 
Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. And then listen to this about him being the one we approach. So then, since we have such a great high priest who entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that you face. But Scott, what about truth or not? Apply it all or don't. He, he understands he went through everything you went through, everything you go through. Yet he did not sin. That's where you and we differ from our Savior. Praise God. He's perfect. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it most. Did you know that anything you need, any type of favor or grace you need, you will find when you approach Jesus? Now, if you hide from Jesus, or if you exclude Jesus, or if you forget about Jesus, you won't find it. You have to approach Jesus in order to find it. What I love about, about him being the wonderful counselor is it means that Jesus came for people with problems, people with needs, people with issues and struggles and questions and wonders. Think about this. When you read about the, the, the miracles that Jesus performed in the, in the gospel stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every one of them started with a problem. There was a problem. They couldn't figure it out. They couldn't fix it. They couldn't do it. Jesus comes on the scene. Issue solved every time. Every miracle story starts with a problem and ends with a Jesus. That's the reality. Every issue in your life should be a go to Jesus and then see him resolve it in your life. Will he take away the problem immediately? No. Because maybe he has something, to, something planned there. Will he always be with you through the problem? Yes. Emmanuel, that's his name. He, his miracles weren't this, it wasn't ever this like dog and pony show either where he's like, hey, for my next trick to prove I'm the Messiah, dead man walking out of a cave. You know, he, it wasn't about that. He didn't need to prove he was the Messiah. He loves mankind and he wants to fix our problems and walk through life with us. So he wants to do life with us. He wants to be your beyond descriptive words, counselor and guide. His miracles, they, they confronted and dispelled hunger, needs, fears, disease, brokenness, worry, shame, even death. All of his miracles got rid of those things and, and he had his plan move into place there. And the good news for you and I today is that if you have a problem or if I have a need, we have a king who says, let me handle that for you. Let me walk with you through that. How many of you in here are parents or you, you know, you've, you've raised kids, your grandparents, whatever, did you always fix every single problem for your kid right away and all, you're just making sure that they never had an issue to ever walk through? 
No, number one, you couldn't. Number two, you'd make a brat, right? So sometimes you walk your child through stuff so they can learn and grow, right? And the way that the problem is solved is by teaching them and training them and being there with them. Sometimes Jesus does solve it like that. And sometimes he says, let me empower you. Let me give you the endurance, the perseverance to walk this through and know that I'm right here because you keep looking to me, you will always find me. I am right here with you and for you. But there's a catch to Jesus solving our problems and being our counselor. There's a catch. It's not a, not a hard one or a bad one. But, but the catch is what we're going to look at in, in uh, three parts here uh, of approaching the wise counselor, the, the wonderful counselor that he is. As we, as we seek out the wonderful counselor, the first catch is we, we have to be completely honest with him. That's not a bad catch, but it, it is something that we have, to, we have to be real about. If I approach Jesus and I don't tell him the truth, number one, he knows. Number two, what, what, how am I going to get help if I'm not honest about the situation. And human tendency is, if it's hard or shameful or if I have a lot of pride issues, I don't want to share all that. That's human nature left to itself, not a heart submitted to Christ. And so we have this tendency to want to conceal oftentimes. And maybe it is shame. It's even hard to admit it to yourself. Maybe it's pride. It's hard to admit you need help. But without being fully open and honest before the only one that can give us wise counsel, you're not going to get help. You can't get real help. Because even if he did, uh, you know, play along with you, he's going to give you advice that you're not applying to the real need. If it's like, oh, I just, I have marriage issues, I have marriage issues, I have marriage issues, and okay, that's true, but you know the reason for your marriage issues are you're addicted to this or you have this anger, if you're not honest about that, he can be like, I'll send you to counseling, but you know that until you're open and honest about this, we're not going to get to the root of the problem. We have to be open before the Lord. And, and here's why it's true that we have to be completely open and honest. Being changed by Jesus is a transformation. It's not like, hey, I'm hungry right now. What's the nearest fast food place? I'm going to drive through. Uh, get me a quick meal. I'm not going to put a lot of investment in it. I'm just going to get her done. That's a terrible way to live our lives. I, I do it too, right? But number one, it's, it's incredibly unhealthy. No knock on fast food, but it is what it is. It's unhealthy food. And number two, it's a cheap fix. It's cheap fix. Who wants a cheap fix to their real issues in life? Nobody. Nobody. What we often do when we struggle with, with being open and honest and submitting is, I want to just share a tiny bit, but I want you to fix everything without me having to tell you and me having to deal with it. That never works. Trust me, I've been there, and some of you probably have too. I lived there for a long time in my life. But when God changes your life, you got to be involved in the details. 
You got to participate with the king. You got to you got to cooperate with the with the with the wonderful counselor in in stepping uh, into all the things that that is that are healthy for you and that you need to do or you need to change. You need to add. You need to subtract. Whatever it is that he says, you got to participate with him. He's not going to just do a quick fix and go, "Hey, I, I know you don't like to share anything, so I'm just going to give you a pass." He doesn't do that because it's not healthy for us. If you're not honest about the need, then you're still your own counselor. And I think it was Abraham Lincoln who's credited with saying, any lawyer who has himself for a client, uh, or any lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client. If you're your own counselor, that's foolish. You You can't do it. You have to have the only one who knows everything, which is based in this book, and then good people in your life giving you counsel. And Jesus is eager to help guide us from dark to light. So be confident in approaching him, just like we read in in Hebrews there. Pour your heart out to him. Let Jesus know your fears and your sorrows and your struggles and your doubts, your worries, your frustrations. He He wants to hear you trust him with your heart. And he's all in all the time. And here's the thing, when you fully open up your heart and you let your need be known, you're stepping into doing the second key thing in in seeking out the wonderful counselor, and that's we have to want Jesus' full help. So we're completely honest, and then we want Jesus' full help because you're the only one who can give me 100% accurate wisdom to, to accomplish everything that is needed in my life. The struggle is, going back to maybe the, you know, the, the first point we were talking about, is we often want God to clean up the, the mess of our lives without dealing with what got us messy in the first place. We have mixed feelings. I, I want the change part that, that helps me, but I'm not sure about the action part, about the hard work. So do you really want it? Do you really want help and wisdom and guidance and counsel from the wonderful counselor? Man, I got financial issues. I got financial issues. Take it to Jesus. He's going to poke and prod the things I spend money on. Right? Anybody ever been there? Just four of us have ever been there. The rest of you are brilliant Dave Ramsey's, right? Uh, that, I mean, that's a... That, that's huge because we know if I struggle financially and I know what I spend money on or do with my money and I go and I ask the wise counselor who's given me Proverbs, which is full of wise counsel for finances, and there's amazing wise people around me and, and I present my need, they're going to say, well, what do you spend your money on? Oh, uh, what? I got a phone call. Hello, help. 911. But no problem And no obstacle is too big for Jesus. And he's always loved solving the large problems. 5,000 plus people hungry. Five and two in a little basket from a kid. Loaves and fishes. No problem. We're going to feed them all. In fact, we're going to have 12 basketfuls left over. Right? Uh, Shame issues and, uh, you know, the... adultery issues, a storm at sea that would sink every fishing boat. What's, what's the problem? You're sleeping and we're dying. Peace be still. 
problem solved. A dead man in a cave for four days, no problem. The sin of all mankind for all time, and Satan thinking that he owns us, no problem. My blood, my body, on a cross, three days later, I'm going to come out, and so are you who believe in me. I mean, there is no pro If he can solve humanity's sin problem, he can solve your financial problem, your marriage problem, the issue with your kids, the anger issues, the shame issues. You're, and those are real, not to discount them, but they are nothing compared to like 90 billion people's sin issues. So if he can solve sin issues for mankind, he can help us. But we have to go to him and be honest, and then we got to want the help that he gives us. He's got authority over every problem. He's the problem solver and the way maker, which we're going to sing later. He's the way maker. There's no way. I make a way. Look to me. He's the way maker for everything that is like an obstacle or a, or a pothole or a wall in your life. He's got authority over every problem. He'll forgive every sin. No secrets are too dark. No, nothing's beyond his ability to restore your life and your issues. He wants to step into the problem to bring the solution. So do you want Jesus' help? If so, in seeking out the wonderful counselor, we have to do whatever he says. This is where we can start. This is where we can stay. This is where we can finish. This is where we can live our lives It'll show us what to do. Often in life, especially in churches, you'll hear it. And it's true. The truth shall set you free. But a lot of people say that without saying the previous statement. If you live according to my words and you abide in this, you will then know the truth and then the truth will set you free. The truth doesn't set people free just because it's truth. It's when it's applied in our lives that I live free. This... This lived out when we do whatever Jesus says written in his word, whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, that's faith, that's trust, that's lordship. He's the savior when we come to follow him for the first time. And he is our savior all along the way, but we don't have to keep getting saved. But lordship is a daily, sometimes more than once a day uh, decision that we make. Are you the Lord of my life or am I taking the reins back? Are you ready to lay it all down and trust him with it? Choose to say, Jesus, I'll do whatever you say. I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll, I'll, I'll make decisions in any way you tell me to make them. Because that moment is your moment and my moment of truth and living out the gospel. So if you want healing, then you do what's needed to receive it and be healed. If you want freedom, you take the counsel that's given and you step out of what you need to step out of uh, from your, behind your prison walls and you step into what is free and then you're, you're free. If you need guidance, you ask, you listen, and then you do. And doing what Jesus says is an absolute guarantee on, on how we can always choose correctly. There's a really, really sad story uh, in three of the four Gospels Mark chapter 10, the story of a rich young man. Some, some versions call it the, the rich young ruler. And Jesus is teaching, and then this, this rich young man comes up to him, and, and, and he says, good teacher, wise one, 
powerful, better than anybody around that I've heard. How do I obtain eternal life? Like eternity mattered to him. He wanted to know how to obtain it. He seemed like a good guy and he was actively seeking. And so Jesus tells him something that just sounded like too much. He said, if you want to be complete, sell all your possessions, leave it all and follow me. The guy won't do it. He turned sadly and he, and he walks away, it says. And think about what he lost. Mark tells us that Jesus genuinely loved him, had genuine love for him, wanted him in eternity with him. He wanted him to have eternal life, but he knew what his God was. And so he spoke to laying down his old God and following the only God of eternity. But this guy wasn't in awe of Jesus' counsel. He went to him, but he didn't want to listen. He wanted what he wanted to hear. And at one point, Jesus says, do you do this? He's like, I've done all these good things. And then Jesus said, sell it all. Sell your gods and, and follow me. And he went away sad. See, God's always been a giver. He gave us life. He, he gave us himself. He gave us a way back to relationship with him. You got a lot of people uh, that, that attend church, might even, be, might even be some here today or listening online or watching, uh, uh, watching online, listening on the radio. Very interested in Jesus. Maybe they like the idea of a savior Jesus. Maybe they love the idea of an eternal Jesus. But they're not so fond on uh, involved in every single thing you do, Jesus. That's the struggle of lordship that we wrestle with as humans. Certain areas that I just can't surrender no matter what Jesus says. Certain areas where you won't let him touch that issue or speak to that issue or change that thing in your life. You'll never experience the help of the wonderful counselor until you let it go and lay it all at his feet. And the only deal that Jesus makes with us is that he'll give you all of himself, all of eternity, all of heaven, all of his inheritance for all of you. That's the deal he makes. You give me all of you and you know, just like I know, we don't compare to Jesus, right? So I'm giving you, you know, cheap, low-end hamburger meat at best and you're giving me the best filet mignon back, right? Like it pales into comparison. I give you all of this and you give me all of eternity in heaven? That's the deal he makes. Surrender yourself to him. So three questions to ask as we approach the wonderful counselor. Are you willing to be completely honest with him? Do you really want Jesus' full help? Are you ready to do whatever he says? I think what's most wonderful to me about him being the wonderful counselor is the reality of him being present with us. God with us. Emmanuel that Pastor Jeremy talked about last week. It's why we had to have Emmanuel be his name will be to start this series because it sets the tone for everything that matters. He loves to guide us and counsel us and help us, but only because he really wants to be involved in your life. 
like, he loves doing life with you. He likes the everyday things. You might be like, well, you created like the best mountains and the most beautiful beaches and all the people. Why would you want to be his little old me? Because I thought, I thought up you. I thought up every aspect of your character and your personality. I know who, you, who you're meant to be in me. He loves doing life with you. It's not about our problems going away. It's the wonderful promise that he's weaving all things together for the good of those who follow him. That, that he's working something out in you and from you and for you. For him to receive the glory and for you to get the good. And even in the worst days of suffering, there's that wonderful presence that's more valuable than any solution to our problems. Because it's God with us. A lot of times people go to church because of something big happens in life. There's a need. Maybe people start praying or they, they find somebody that they know follows Jesus. Pray for me. This happened and, and they're looking for a solution. Wondering if God can help. And that is a great thing. If you're going to go to church or start praying to God or ask somebody who really follows Jesus to pray for you, that's a much better thing than anything else you could choose to do. Now, the best thing on top of that is that you would be very active in that. But, but we ask the questions. Can God help my family? Can God fix my marriage? Can a relationship with God help me with my finances or in this work situation or with my business? I would imagine business owners the past year and a half going on 10 decades or whatever it's been, uh, probably business owners are like, oh, I just don't know. Can God help? Yes. Can God help me with my health? I just went to the doctor and he said this. Yes. What about what's after this life? Can God help me to know what's going on there? Yes, God can. But it gives you something far greater than answers to those problems. He gives you himself. He promises to be ever-present. It doesn't always take away your problems, but it completely changes how you walk through them. He's the guide that's perfect. He's the one that knows everything. He's the one that sees the, the beginning from the end into eternity. He came to bring light and darkness and a great light to those who are, are stuck in deep shadows. So do you trust him? Are you ready to walk with him doing whatever he says? When we look in the right place, when we seek out the right one, when we listen, we will find wisdom itself. So what is it you'd like to ask God for? Like getting really real. We're talking about the wonderful counselor. What is it that you need or that you want? What kind of help do you, you find yourself going, I need help here. What is it that you today would really like to ask God for, for you, for you? Now don't, please don't, you're not telling me. You're not necessarily telling the person next to you, unless maybe your husband and wife and you're talking about it. It's not like it's going to go online. So don't, don't say, oh, I have a third cousin uh, seven states away who's got a neighbor who has a cat issue. Don't do that. Let's be real. Let's be real. What is it you want to ask God today 
for his wise counsel, for his guidance, for his help, for his answer. He has everything you need. He has every answer that you'd like. He'll show you exactly what to do, set you free from anything that hinders you. He wants to bless you. He wants to keep you. He wants to shine his light on you. He wants to turn his beautiful face right onto your face. Bob, God wants to look directly at your face and just shine his countenance on you. That's what he likes doing. So being really real, what counsel or wisdom or advice do you want from God today? Why don't we ask? I'm going to ask you to stand up right now. And I don't know what your needs are. I might be able to guess some of your needs. But if we give God the right to direct our lives and we trust Him along the way, we'll find out that He pulls it off perfectly. So what is it today as we go into these next two songs of worship? We end with Waymaker. He makes a way where there is no way. What is it that you want today? God, I don't know you and I want eternal life. That is the best thing to ask him for. You ask that today, he will say, granted, you're mine. Sin's forgiven. I'm going to move in. I'm going to get to work on your life and transform you. But you are saved and set free for all time. Never have to earn it. You can't. It's a gift. Accept it. Health. Your child. Your spouse. Your marriage, maybe it's broken or it's lackluster. God, I want the most vibrant marriage. I want all other people to look at us and go, what do they have? That's what I want. Ask. Ask big. I read the scripture earlier as we prayed over the new members to, to ask for big things and watch him give even more. He's the God of more. How much more will he give those who ask of him? He's a good, good father. So I'm going to lead us in prayer and I'm going to ask you to ask big. What is it you need? Guidance, wisdom, help, direction, miracle, salvation, restoration. Maybe you're just like, Lord, will you forgive me? I've been awful. Accept his forgiveness. Ask and watch the wonderful counselor give you what you need and what you ask for especially since he comes and he delivers it, delivers it in person. I like doing life with you. Here's your gift. Here's what you asked for. Let's pray. God, we boldly ask right now. We ask right now, standing here, sons and daughters, some in great need, some just asking for something maybe uh, routine or normal. Should, should we buy that used car? Should we, should we go on that vacation? Should we spend this much for Christmas? Regular things that matter to you because we matter to you. To the giant things that seem impossible, but you're the God of the impossible and you have an answer for every problem that exists. You love being the way maker. You love being the miracle worker. You love something that no man can figure out on their own and you can do it all. And so we ask big, every son and daughter in here. Maybe it's a husband and wife asking for something big for their child. We ask. We ask. We come before you, King of Heaven. We come before you, Prince of Peace. We come before you, Mighty God. We come to you, wonderful counselor, 
and say, would you meet us here, speak to us here and do this in our lives? I need. For those whose hearts are just broken right now, for one reason or another, grieving, hurting, scared, struggling, I pray they would ask, Lord, would you heal me? Would you, would you comfort me? Would you just hold me? Lord, I just want to know your presence right now. Lord, would you make yourself known presently in their life? Like a touch from heaven? Like a touch from heaven? Maybe somebody's watching on Facebook or listening on the radio and they're just, they're still so scared to move, so scared to step out. Would you just meet them where they are and just say, I'm here, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. Let me love you. Let me love you. May we be, be fully embracing of your love this morning as we worship you because you're worthy, trust you, and that this is not a one-time thing we do. This is a lifestyle we step into. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.